Welcome to the Senia Happy Hour Podcast with your host, Lori Bull. We know you're busy, so we bring you one hour's worth of content in under 30 minutes, leaving you time for a true happy hour. Hi, everyone. Today, I had the opportunity to speak with Joel Lebon, who is the first director of Diversity, Equity, Inclusion, and Justice at the International School Services, or ISS. He's a learner and an international education leader who is committed to our collective work for the transformation of international education grounded on anti-racism and DEIJ. Prior to his current role, he was a learning specialist, instructional coach, and school-wide DEIJ lead at the International School of Kuala Lumpur. He's been an education expert for 20 years and has worked at several international schools around the globe. Joel serves in the advisory role of the CIS Board Committee on Inclusion, Diversity, Equity, and Anti-Racism. He's a member of the editorial team of the International Educator, and he is a proud member of ALOC and Diversity Collaborative. We had a great discussion today, and we talked so much. So let's just get right to it. And now on to the show. Hi, Joel, and welcome to the podcast. Hi, Laurie. Thank you for inviting me um, to be a part of this conversation today. Um, it's really an honor to be a part of um, the growing movement of inclusion, equity, justice, and diversity in, in international education, which um, Senya has been one of um, the lead in, in this um, work in international education. So thank you for, for, for the invitation. Well, well, thank you for coming. We're excited to talk to you today. So Joel, you've been in education for 20 years, serving in various roles from classroom teacher to learning specialist, learning coach. Most recently, you were at the International School of Kuala Lumpur and were the DEIJ lead for the school. And now you're working at International School Services, or ISS, as their director of diversity, equity, inclusion, and justice. So can you tell me how and when you first got into this focus area of yours? And well, what is your why for doing the work you're doing? Yes, and as, as a person of color in international education, um, I think we've always been very mindful about our our identities, our place, our positionality in predominantly white-centered institutions such as the international education. And I think we may not have been talking about it in the past around race and racism, or perhaps we were talking about it in sort of hushed tone in the in the past. Um, really, right now, how it got started was um, the movement of international education got um, sort of louder and bolder and and more pronounced after the murder of George Floyd, where many of us started to to ask challenging and hard questions around the role of international education um, when, when it comes to diversity, equity, inclusion, and justice, as well as how we have been um, complicit to the systemic racism and systemic harm, um, the injustice that we perpetuate um, in international education. And so I think that that circles back to our why around what is our responsibility in promoting equity and inclusion in our in our schools. As an international school educator, I think my why is that 
we need to ensure that all of our kids um, can participate in our spaces without shedding or shaming any parts of who they are. And I think that is the why of my, um, when it comes to this part. Yeah, well, thank you for doing the work you're doing. It's It's been a long time coming and it's it's powerful to see what you all, your group, um, groups, you're part of several, <laughs> have done to make this um, at the forefront of everyone's minds. Yeah, we really value that piece, Lori. And I think you mentioned something about from group to groups, right? Because I think this work is work of community. Like all of us in different pockets in our national school, when we are mindful of who we are and the contributions that we have and how we can harness those um, strengths and disposition and action that we have, whether you are doing systemic work such as yourself with Senya or at international school educators in the classroom doing deep identity work, doing deep equity and inclusion work. I think all of us are contributing in many ways um, in this work. So I don't really see this one as a singular pathway in in DIJ work or this a single group or a single individuals leading this work. I think all of us has the <laughs> power, responsibility, um, and role in in promoting DIJ in our own community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really like what you discussed about, you know, you're 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 ensuring that all students are represented and all students are are well cared for for who they are. Uh, and your also focus is on teachers, right? And employees at the school and highlighting who you are as people of color or marginalized people. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, and I think that the work of DEIJ, oftentimes we there's a perception sometimes that it is a siloed work, right? It's like this here's a DIJ committee or a DIJ focus or a DIJ um, sort of area of strategic plan. But really, I believe that, and I think many of us believe that DIJ should, should underpin or undergird all of the work that we have at school. So if we think about the, the different areas of priorities and focus at school, from our mission and vision to leadership, to governance, um, to curriculum, teaching and learning, um, operations, staff, faculty, and ultimately student student well-being and child protection. Um, they're all interconnected. And, and each of those components within the school definitely has an impact and implication on our beliefs and, and practices around DEIJ. Because what we believe, and it's highlighted in our mission and vision, should trickle down into the curriculum teaching and learning or to to the diversity of our staff or how we lead equitable practices as let's say principals and heads of schools and directors of learning. And then also I think I think the National Association of Elementary School Principal has written in one of their um white papers that talks about having that meaningful lens of equity, really asking ourselves who is well-served in our communities at the same time, who is marginalized and harmed by the practices and and policies of our organizations and systems. Wow, that's impressive. 
What are some of the evolving learning and action in our communities that are grounded on DEIJ? Yeah, there's been a lot of um, conversations and listening circles and affinity group and professional learning conferences that are happening in international education that that's centered on identity, on power and positionality, systems of oppression, um, race and racism, cultural responsive pedagogy in the classroom, um, develop harnessing our leadership capacity to lead DEIJ, among many others in, in our communities. And I think what is um, currently defined and redefined right now is that after two years of learning and professional learning and partnerships, what we're asking right now is that as a result of these learning, where will we sort of transfer these learning that we have? What is the action that we need to take systemically? And I think that is the, the question that we have. And so we've, we started to, to conceptualize and design the Learning to Action Institute at the International School Services in collaboration and partnership with the Association of International Educators and Leaders of Color, or ALOC. And through this, we want to be able to see international school educators and leaders in different places and spaces um, taking action as a result of their learning. And so now that we've we've learned from the provocations that are offered by our facilitators and learners, what happens next? Um, how does it impact and influence our community? What are those actions that are that are taken um, as a result of our learning? And so that's where sort of the trajectory of our learning now in international education. How can we move beyond learning and listening circle into deep intentional action taking in our communities? So speaking of systematic change, you mentioned earlier about hiring practices and making sure more people of color are represented in schools and and the like. So how do we redefine what schools should be looking for? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's seminal work that's been do- that was done and published by Dr. Rudin Sims Bishop that talks about windows, mirrors, and sliding glass doors, and it's very much focused on um, the resources that we have in our classrooms, right? Um, the literacy that is in our classrooms. So to me, it it really ta- the, she talks about ensuring that our kids have mirrors, windows, and sliding glass doors in in our communities. But at the same time, I also believe that the adults around um, in school are also mirrors, windows, and sliding glass doors for our students because we are also vessels of stories and narratives and identities that our children at school can learn from, can reflect upon, and that they can see themselves in the adults around them. Um, And so that is a challenge. That's a challenge for international school recruiters to to be able to ensure and ask themselves, do do our kids see themselves in the adults around them? And so as we redefine diversity, we also need to ensure that we ask ourselves, are we waiting for diverse candidates, so to speak, to apply? Or are we intentionally inviting them to say, hey, you, you are needed here because of your joy and genius we need you here and that we're not complete without you. And I think that's a powerful shift that we need to really sort of 
redefine for international education that intentional invitation to to co-create with intentions in our communities i love that invitation of we're not complete without you that's mm -hmm. very powerful so ah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we could just stop the podcast right there. That was amazing. Uh, <laughs> so what is uh, what anti-racist work is being pursued and facilitated by the work at ISS? For the past two years, um, even before I joined the International Services, um, Liz Duffy, our president, and Dana Watts has been, along with other senior staff, have been um, involved and engaged at ALOC, where they were co-creating with intentions with our community, supporting us in our professional development, um, learning together. And so I've seen ISS has always been at the forefront of, of coalescing with, with, with communities of color in international education. And so prior to me joining ISS, they've already had the sort of beginning stages of anti-racism committee, but also ISS has been one of the um, founders of diver the diversity collaborative um, that was established years back. And so when I joined ISS, um, they already have established the anti-racism committee, which is an internal work within ISS. And so at the moment, um, myself and Liz Duffy are co-creating with intentions. We're co-leading this, this committee. Um, and different um, directors and and um, our staff at, at Princeton and globally have been involved in it. So we're there are people who are part of this committee, um, leading it, facilitating some of these processes. And it's grounded on some of the data that we've collected, some of the questions we've asked, as well as really reflecting on the impact of of our work at ISS and how can we take actions um, in relation to that impact. In purpose. Um, and externally, we also ask, um, now that we have this internal work, what can we do as well as, as, a, as, a, as an organization, as a community of educators and leaders, that is the power, positionality, and influence within international education to facilitate, lead, um, and promote DEIJ in our communities. And, and that is where we have conceptualized the Learning to Action Institute because we're not only thinking about the ISS schools, ISS owned, managed, and, and operated and supported, um, we're also thinking about it as a global responsibility that we have. And so through that ISS um, Learning to Action Institute, we've collaborated with um, ALOC because most of our facilitators, if not all, are members of the Association of International Educators and Leaders of Color. So through that partnership, um, we're, we're building capacity for leaders to take actions within their communities. Um, and so these are the, the, the developing work on anti-racism um, led by the International School Services. And in addition to that, we're also thinking about the many different areas of focus. Um, we started looking at an equity leadership continuum and looking at the different areas of focus, such as what I mentioned earlier around mission and vision and governance and leadership, curriculum, community, student learning, um, and in refining and redefining our, our goals around this and the impact we have on these areas of focus in both committees. The, the learning to action was just global, global work and the internal work that we have as well at ISS. 
much. Um, you've mentioned ALOC um, a few times. Um, for people who aren't aware of that group, how can if how can they join, or how can they become a part of it? Yeah, it is. It's really an open an organization open to anyone who's committed to doing the work of DEIJ. Um, and I think we've we've had we we have community visioning every month. Um, we've got the ALOC and Women of Color in ELT conference happening in on the twelfth and thirteenth um, of November. And so, e signing it up, there's there is a link for registration for membership at the ELOC website. Um, okay. You're more than welcome to to participate and enjoy. And that will that will open access to a lot of. Um, work at ALOC and in partnership and collaboration. Um, and through that work, there's also a lot of um, affinity groups that have been formed within the community, but also there is an organizational work around um, aspiring leaders of color that's led by Kevin and Nadine Richards, who is our director of um, leadership recruitment at ISS. So that's, mm -hmm. that's really the kind of like strong partnership between organizations and communities. Right, perfect. Um, and I will put links to all of these on our show notes for our listeners as well. As Thank you me. know, uh, Senya, at Senya, inclusion is literally part of our name, um, Special Education Network and Inclusion Association. Our mission is to advocate for and provide resources for individuals with learning differences and disabilities. Well, what do you see as the intersectionality between your work and the individuals for whom we support? Yeah, in, individuals, people are made up of an intersection of, of, of identities. Um, our stories, our narratives, our joy and genius, our capacity, our abilities, our differences make up who we are in um, as human beings. And I think um, the challenge that we have right now in as educators and leaders in schools is to be able to see children in it in that totality, in the intersections of their identities, not only in, in their abilities, not only their cognitive ability, um, not only their physical ability, social emotional aspect of their identities, but also the the, the their, their racial identity and their gender identity. And oftentimes I think. In, in the trajectory of change in our national education, there's been a lot of focus on supporting our cognitive identities or learning differences and disabilities, but also um, we have sort of avoided, if not denied some conversations in the past around race and gender. And, and probably because we were not, we did not wanna see it yet in the past. And now that we are braver, bolder, and we have reflected upon how complicit we are of the denial that we have we have perpetuated, I think we're now braver and bolder in, in looking at it to say, hmm, how might we have missed the, the racial and the gender aspect of, of a child's identity? Um, and how can we pursue in supporting and acknowledging and affirming um, race and gender alongside cognitive identities and cognitive abilities um, in international education and in schooling in general and learning in general. 
Yeah, I agree with you. And um, Senya is doing some major work now, just uh, redefining, you know, who we are and what inclusion means to us. Um, and so that is why we have so many speakers coming up at our conferences who reflect different areas of that inclusive work, right? Um, and you are one of them. <laughs> so we're really excited that you'll be joining us at our upcoming virtual conference. Can you tell us a little bit about what you'll be presenting about? Yeah, and as I mentioned to you earlier, Lori, like I, I, we we started this conversation, I think many months ago, around what can what what can I share and present, and and at some point, all through the three months, I, I'm probably pivoting a little bit, based on the conversations with different people. And I said, hmm, so really reflecting on this, what might be beneficial for our community to to learn together, and so as I begin to think about that, it's really grounded on. How can we harness our, our leadership disposition to lead the work in our community? How can we become um, leaders in systems and, and in schools and in the classroom that is culturally responsive and sustaining and culturally affirming? Or as what Daniel Wickner, the founder of Identity Centered Learning, would say, identity-centered educators. Um, and so sort of really looking at what are some of those leadership dispositions that we can live by um, in our community so that it will have impact and influence on the lives and learning of our children and the communities that we serve in international schools. Wow. Yeah, it sounds amazing. And we have so much to learn from you. So I'm really excited about your presentation. And as a matter of fact, we also have Daniel Wickner coming to present. So <laughs> there you go. Well, Joel, I think that's really all we have time for today. So thank you so much for your time and your commitment to what your work. It's very impressive. And I'm proud to uh, know you. Thank you, Lori. It, it, the, the honor and the pleasure is mine. Um, and this is, this is a powerful partnership that we all have because, as I mentioned earlier, it's not really a singular work. It's really the work of a community. Um, and so you've been part of that as well. You've been doing that deep work and, and intentional work at Senya International. And so really at this at this last part, I, I invite everybody to, to take part and join in any conferences, um, ALOC, ISS, Senya, and there's so many other organizations that are really supporting this work. And so to all the members and leaders of Senya International, thank you for this opportunity to, to collaborate and to co-learn with everybody. And Lori, thank you very much for this. And I look forward to inclusion revolution through Senya. Yes. Awesome. Okay. Thanks, Joel. Thank, thank you for you. joining us for today's show. For more information, including how to subscribe and show notes, please head to our website. That's seniainternational.org slash podcasts. Until next time, cheers. <laughs>